Hello and welcome to the Lib Dem podcast and we're joined today with the, the regular gang of Lisa, Richard, Owen and Laura um, talking about working with other parties. Now this is a controversial or maybe it's not controversial depending on your point of view. We have had numerous things from leadership candidates and splinter groups within the Lib Dem saying we want to work more closely with Labour. There's very few people saying we want to work more closely with the Tories anymore um, but we are a party that is in a bit of a flux about what we do to get back into power or to have as much power as possible. Um, you've got four years to the next election, but lots of us are already in positions where we have to work with parties already. Um, so for my part, it's very complicated for me because I have a Labour-run Preston Council, which is pretty rubbish and don't really like dealing with opposition parties. And I have a Tory-controlled Lancashire County Council who are pretty rubbish and don't like dealing with anyone at all, ever. Uh, so things are not simple is where I would start, but I'm really interested in getting your response to this podcast as well. So do comment on all our uh, social media. Do comment under the podcast if you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, or do contact us on Twitter as well. All our uh, handles will be in the show notes, or you can contact anything to do with the Lib Dem pod at, at Lib Dem pod. But we're going to, I think we'll go to Richard first on this about working with others. So obviously there's a, there's a working with others right now, Richard, in terms of COVID, but I mean, you're in a kind of odd position because there are no Tories in Liverpool. They've all kind of, they've, they've been a, a two party area for a very long time. So what, what's your approach with some of the calls to work with Labour in the future, Richard? Well, it, you've got to do it at different levels at different times about different things. So there's no easy answer in the short term. I'm cooperating with the mayor of Liverpool and therefore the Labour Party because there are three huge issues which are affecting us. COVID and the response to it, unemployment and the finances of the council. Now, I think we have a common, common enemy there, frankly, and that's the government. That doesn't mean to say I support everything he says on those three issues, but when I oppose him, I oppose him with a positive viewpoint. Could we do this instead? And because we're working in that way, I'm getting some Liberal Democrat ideas into power. Doesn't mean to say I won't be opposing him uh, and trying to defeat him uh, at the next election. Uh, but our com common enemy, of course, in Liverpool, where we have no Tories at all, haven't had now for 26 years at any level, is the government. So there are times when we can make common cause against another party, but that's the here and now. And I think we need to come on later to discuss electoral pacts, which are, to my mind, an entirely different thing. And Lisa, I kind of want to bring you onto this because I was in Hazel Grove on polling day, trying to get you elected to parliament. And I, there was a, a level of rage inside me all day seeing Labour activists in Hazel Grove, whose sole purpose was to stop you winning. They knew they couldn't win. It was to stop you winning. How do you deal with people who now say, well, come on, Lisa, you know, we should be working with Labour? Yeah, so the, the kicker for the Labour people who were in Hazel Grove on polling day is that they lost the high peak, which is a neighbouring seat by 100 and something votes. So, you know. Um, I believe in getting Lib Dems elected. I think our country would be far better if we had more Lib Dems elected at every single level. So 
Parliament, uh, uh, Scottish and Welsh Parliaments, every council, that's town, parish, district, county, every, unitaries, everything. And I am keen on that to happen because I think when we get that power, we then can implement our values. So it's not just about winning elections, but winning elections is how we make our country a better place. And sometimes we're not in a position whereby we can run everything in majority control. And so it makes complete sense to work with people where we agree on something. So I have proposed and a Labour member in Stockport has seconded where we have a shared agreement about a particular issue. I think we've done some on school funding, we've done some on LGBT rights, where we were as completely as one, our two parties agreed on something. And we had a common enemy, as Richard so well described. I think to me, though, that's completely different on working with people on an issues basis than working with people or collaborating at election time. For me, I think there should always be a Liberal Democrat on the ballot. I think we, we are naive if we think that if we stand down, all of the people who would have voted for us will go in a particular direction. I think that's just naive. Um, and I also think that the Labour Party is not a Liberal Party. Let's be very clear about that. There are some Liberals who are in the Labour Party because they think it's an easier way to get elected, but it is not a Liberal Party. They do not share our values on a large range of issues. And I think the same goes for the Greens. Um, and I think the same certainly goes for the Conservatives. I think if we obsess too much about one party, I think we just sound like a needy ex-girlfriend or boyfriend. And I think we actually have an awful lot more to say for ourselves rather than just, well, we're, you know, we'd slightly prefer Keir Starmer to Boris Johnson. So, you know, maybe let's just completely shift our electoral strategy in that direction. And Laura, you are obviously, you were the candidate in the most targeted uh, constituency that was Labour facing in the country for the Lib Dems. So again, your perspective on this is probably going to be very much well, very different to some of those people who are very Tory facing who think actually, you know, aren't Labour nice? We should work with them. And it's the same. It's, it's, from my point of view, it's a little bit out of ignorance from their point. They don't know some of the battles we have to have with them. And likewise, we have people who say the same thing. Oh, aren't the SNP lovely? Aren't they lovely? We love them in Bournemouth. You know, it, it, you know, you're not having that fight with them. You don't, you haven't got the ins and outs of it. So what are your perspectives, Laura? Yeah, I mean, I think the, I mean, the first thing to say is we've got a Labour Council in Sheffield that are awful. Um, they are not particularly competent. We're one of the worst authorities still in terms of, you know, getting the small business support to um, to small eligible small businesses. Um, they're very authoritarian. We've, most people have heard about the sort of Sheffield tree protests, which resulted in the council arresting peaceful protesters, you know, for things like vicars playing a tambourine at, the, at a protest, you know, off to jail with you. Um, and that was, you know, the council spent thousands of council taxpayers' money on harassing peaceful protesters. It was completely unconscionable. You know, they are not liberals. Our values are very different from theirs. And, you know, it's very difficult to think of working with, with these people. You know, having said that, I, you know, I don't, I don't completely agree that we should never, I don't think we should never consider electoral pacts with, um, with other parties. I mean, I do think that, um, you know, at the last election, we put a lot of effort into the Unite to Remain um, agreement. And one of the things I think was quite interesting about it is, is the signalling benefit 
it had. So not just the kind of direct electoral benefit in terms of transferring votes from column A to column B, but also that signalling signaling benefit that, you know, actually we're the type of party that wants to work with other parties, we're collaborative, we are willing to cooperate, we're willing to compromise, um, we share some values with these parties. And that, that kind of messaging, I think, um, did... Um, did cut through to some voters you know fairly high information voters but some voters it did cut through to and i think it did have a value from that perspective as much as it did from the you know literally shifting voters from column a to column b perspective and um i think we can you know looking at you know how many of the voters transfer from one to the other you know well actually you know when it's competitive voters are very good at figuring out how to vote tactically if they want to um and so i think that our threshold for taking that choice away from them should be very high like if they're not voting tactically usually it's because they have thought about it and they don't want to and I don't feel that I can sit here and say no you should not have that choice on the other hand you know our our system has so many big challenges that actually if the only way to solve them is to work together then the message that that sends in and of itself, I think is also quite valuable. So I do think it's something that we should be considering, um, you know, again, with the Green Party, with other parties that share, for example, our commitment to electoral reform. Um, and I think we should also be thinking not just about, you know, what we can get out of it, but also about whether there are, you know, we should be supporting some even smaller parties. Um, you know, should we be, you know, should we be including your, you know, your Women's Equality Party or your Yorkshire Party? in that discussion and i think it's something that you know i don't necessarily think we should do it but i think it's something we should at least be open to but i mean before i bring owen in who's got obviously a unique perspective from a a, a local council level um it, it's gonna be an interesting bedfellows might come on with it because if we're talking about electoral reform you know that is obviously an uh, an end goal for the Lib Dems that would you know remove a lot of this discussion about PACs and everything else if we actually just had a decent electoral system. You know, standing on the same platform as say Nigel Farage is is very difficult. You know, and uh, but how much of that cooperation do you want to do with someone like that to be able to get to your end goal is 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 a difficult kind of decision that would have to be made because whatever you think of Farage he's effective at getting his message across but I, don't, I didn't want to bring him up but you know he, he kind of sometimes he, these decisions are really ugly but one thing I want like to say Owen's coming so in Lancaster and Morecambe Owen you guys the Lib Dems uh, have a joint administration with the Greens and Labour is that correct? That is right. We have three wonderful city councillors uh, sitting in what is called a cooperative alliance not a coalition not a not a, not a team a cooperative alliance with uh, with lancaster's labor and uh, and the greens um which i remember i remember being there in 2019 on the night of uh, on on polling day and it was it was quite an interesting situation because we'd finally gotten councillors for the first time these were our first three councillors that we'd had in in four years and now we we're in a position where we could actually sit on, on special bodies and actually make decisions. Uh, I think for the first time this year, one of our councillors has has got the uh, council business committee chair, and that's the first time we've ever had that kind of thing. So, in one, it's been quite advantageous for us locally as Liberal Democrats to maybe work pragmatically with 
um, powers that in our area have traditionally been uh, more effective at winning elections. I'm of no, under no illusion that we are a smaller party. And even in Lancaster, the Greens do perform better than the Liberal Democrats do. That's not to say that that won't change in the future, but for now, it is our pragmatic, it's, well, it's the most pragmatic thing that we can do is to work with the more, and I hesitate to say, progressive parties, because I don't want to put Labour under that banner. Um, <laughs> but for, for, to keep out the Tories and our more pressing enemies in Morecambe, the Morecambe Bay Independents, uh, it, it is the only thing that we can do to actually get power. Like you're saying, Lisa, I think the most important thing we can do as Liberal Democrats is to have our name on the ballot paper that we can actually say, look, this is what we stand for. We are different to other parties. We're not just Labour proper-uppers. We're not just Tory proper-uppers. We are our own party. I think, it, you know, it, it's worth saying as well, you know, for listeners who haven't campaigned against Labour or in areas where Labour are strong, you know, really emphasising how grim it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's pe- something that people don't, don't really realize and you know when we're saying let's work with labor well you know i haven't seen much evidence that labor particularly wants to work with us you know on the contrary i think you know i've been campaigning in labor facing areas ever since i joined the liberal democrats apart from a very brief period of time in um in oxford and you know i don't think i've ever been abused in the street by a canvasser for any party other than labor Whereas if I run into a Labour canvasser, probably about half the time, it's probably about 50-50, they'll be shouting abuse at me in the street. And, you know, other parties don't do that. It's only Labour. Uh, You know, in the election, I even had, you know, Labour activists screaming at me when I wasn't wearing a rosette, you know, when I was going to buy milk at, you know, the local shop. You know, if we are going, you know, we can't work with Labour if they aren't going to treat us like humans. I think we've got to split this into two discussions though. Discussion one is what happens up to election day. Uh, My view is very clear on that. You maximise the number of Liberal Democrat votes and therefore the number of Liberal Democrats elected. Then when you're in anything, House of Lords, Welsh Assembly, House of Commons, uh, Council, you have to look at the numbers and work out what you can do under those circumstances to maximise the way you get liberal democracy into action. In some cases, in in Lancashire, for example, at one stage, we held the major scrutiny functions against Labour, against an agreement. In some cases, you join a a partnership agreement. It's interesting, uh, the week before last, uh, we went into a partnership agreement in in, uh, South Ham's council uh, where the Lib Dem leader is now the deputy leader of the council. And that's a similar situation to Torbay, the next council, uh, where we lead and the deputy leader is an independent, someone who in other t- times would have been a Blairite Labour member. So there's an easy mix uh, there. Uh, but so it, we've got to put it in too. But any idea that there are large numbers of uh, people in other parties who want to take this very liberal approach is nonsense. And as Lisa pointed out, we cannot direct our voters to go and vote for someone else because we think it's a good idea. And, and the cardinal time for that is just remember Sarah Olney's first election when the Labour Party got less votes 
from the number of Labour members in that constituency. People decide for themselves what they're going to do. We can guide them, we can support them, we can't make them. And I think it's, it's everything, there's not a one-size-fits-all issue that you've got to have when dealing with other parties. So when I first got elected in a by-election in 2010, um, there was no overall control in Preston. And it puts you in awkward positions that you didn't expect going into it. So the Labour group in, in Preston is extraordinarily left-wing. You know, they nominated Rebecca Long-Bailey to be leader, for Pete's sake. Um, so they are on that fringe. And so we were the third party in Preston. So Labour would put forward something completely bonkers. The Tories would put forward something slightly less bonkers. And so we had to decide which one of those you had to support. Neither of them is something we would actually... Um, would be our ideal, but you had to choose the lesser of two evils. And so the, any, any idea that this is simple, it isn't. Uh, and then again, and it's down to how, I mean, I was echoing what Laura said there. There's a kind of, so I read a book where they called it, um, it's almost like political secularism, where Labour not only believes they're right on the argument, they believe they are morally right uh, with the argument as well. And so you must be morally wrong. Uh, and so that is incredibly difficult for you to try and deal with them if they think actually you would they would prefer if you didn't exist. And I've had chats with the, the Preston Greens in exactly the same position. Labour almost despises us and the Greens more than they do uh, the Tories in Preston. Uh, and so having to deal with that's tricky. And then I get to the point where I'm in the county elections next year and the Conservatives of county have been rotten. I, I couldn't imagine a worse administration than the Tories in Lancashire. And they need to lose six seats next year to lose control of power. And I want that more than anything else next year is the Tories to be removed from any levers of power in Lancashire. Now, how do I do that? And how, what's the, I mean, obviously I would love Lib Dems to, sw to suddenly get 40 seats. Well, probably that's not going to happen in Lancashire. We're currently on four. Um, but how best do I do that? And so these are really awkward situations and there isn't a guide and if you are struggling and you don't know that's why i have lisa and richard and people like that who are experienced and with the lga who can always advise you isn't that right lisa <laughs> so i think targeting is one of the answers to the question she just asked um because if if there's a group of lib dems together and somebody's asked a question it's either electoral reform or targeting is likely to be an answer and the third one is probably deliver more leaflets and knock on more doors right so um I think that it's remembering who the opposition is and who the competition is in a place and working out how best to approach that. It's quite hard when you're having to campaign in one ward against the Tories and another against Labour and, and you're trying to make sure the Greens aren't getting too far up in, in another ward there. That can be, we can sometimes slip into that I'm much more comfortable fighting this bunch of um, wrong-uns rather than that bunch of wrong-uns. But I think if we truly believe that the world would be a better place if more Dems were elected, that's what we need to do. And I think there aren't, there are liberal individuals in other parties, but they're not liberal parties. We're not, we're a political party and we exist so that we can fight and win elections and then use that power to change our communities for the better. We're not a pressure group. We're not the Electoral Reform Society. We're not a debating club. We exist to gain power. And sometimes that means working with others exactly as Richard said after polling day when the votes have been counted and the number of 
assembly members, MSPs, MPs, councillors is counted. You then work out how can we get more lived Emery into our area. I think he's absolutely right on that. So to be honest, I I actually I think I disagree. Um, you know, I am absolutely incandescent that we are stuck with this shower of a government that is killing thousands of people through their own incompetence for the next four years when they only got 43% of the vote. I am absolutely furious about that. And I think, you know, we had an election last time around where voters were on the whole absolutely repulsed by the two options on offer. You know, they weren't enamored with the Liberal Democrats either, let's be honest, but they were pretty repulsed by Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn, but felt that they had to choose between those deeply unappealing options because there was no other way, there was no other way out and they were so scared of the other one. I just think we have an obligation to do everything that we can to change that system and to work within it as far as we can. And I think that, you know, I do think that that signaling value of working with other parties, you know, goes down really well with voters and at least some voters. And that I think we, I think we should, should consider it. And like, actually it's not democratic. Like I completely accept that it's not democratic. I want everybody to be able to vote liberal Democrat, but I also want everyone to be able to vote liberal Democrat and have it matter. And right now, I feel like we can't have both of those things and we have to choose. And for me, actually, if, you know, the only justification for denying someone their democratic right to vote Lib Dem if they want to, is to, you know, to say to them, and we are pledging that we will never make you do it again, Mm -hmm. because we're trying to change the system so that you don't have to do it again. I I think, you know, I do think we need to think about it. I, I want to see the data of what worked and what didn't last time, because as Laura rightly said, massive amount of effort went into the Unite to Remain um, package of measures that meant that some people stood in some places and others stood in other places. I want to see the, the result really looked at in detail and in depth. I know that the Unite to Remain organisation published um, what they interpreted the results to say. Yeah. And I wonder if uh, somebody with a more objective view would would it would benefit from somebody else having a look as well. I think Best for yeah. Britain. I, thought, I think Best for Britain thought they may have moved the dial maybe four percent or something like that in terms. So again, again, I, that's Best for Britain. Even though Naomi Smith is a Lib Dem who's part of Best for Britain. Um, again, I'd like a little bit of an objective look to see how much that change actually happened. But I, I want to just before I come to you, Richard, just. I'm very conscious of what Lisa said about standing candidates, Lib Dem standing in candidates in many areas, because there's an example I've got here in in my neighbouring patch, which is actually the filed Lib Dems, where they had an anti-fracking independent, you know, perfectly sensible lady who stopped the Tories winning that seat in filed East. However, she might not stand next time, next year, of which point the Lib Dems have given her a free ride, not really campaigned anything, so if she doesn't stand, who's going to win that seat if the Lib Dems are starting from scratch? It's probably the Tories. And actually, having if whereas you don't have to go all out gunning, but having some Lib Dem presence, so if something happens, gives you a chance to adapt in the future. Uh, I don't know what you think about that, Richard, or is that something you agree with? Well, I, I start from a slightly different uh, point than that. And it goes back to the discussion we had last time about the review, when we were saying that there was a very 
confused message from the Liberal Democrats. And I believe that as we go into an election, we will, of course, have a big manifesto, but we need to be saying here are the five or six different and uh, most important things to us. And that will enable us to do two things. Firstly, in the context of, 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 of the file councillor, would be able to say to someone like her, how many of these five or six things do you agree with? When we could either decide to stand down or support her, it would enable us to have regional, national discussions about where we were prepared to stand down, not necessarily for parties, but where perhaps there were uh, candidates uh, who support us. I don't think there would be many in that case, but it gives us the moral ground. But importantly, if we then move to a situation after an election where we have to decide to go with them or with them, we've got our clear priorities there because the best partnership agreements and Torbay did an excellent one with the independents saying, this is what you said we want to do. This is what the independents said. They brought it together into a real agreement and they're delivering to it. So they said what they're going to do and as part of that agreement, they've also said what they can't do because they've moved together. Now, I think that's what people want. If I were to come out now and have a go at Mayor Anderson in Liverpool in these circumstances, I would be criticised generally by the people of Liverpool. Supporting him on three specific issues, there's a lot of support for us being apolitical on those issues. But it does come back to being absolutely clear what your priorities are before and then after election if you want to get liberal democracy into place. Good example. Another council where that's worked really well, Richard, is in the City of York Council, where the Lib Dems are the main party in a coalition with the Green Party. And exactly that process happened. Both parties went into the election with a manifesto. A lot of work happened after election day to look at the two documents and, and find a, an agreed platform for the administration. And that's what's happening there. It's worth mentioning, we're talking about making uh, poor political judgments or good political judgments at the moment in BCP, so Bournemouth, Christchurch and Poole, where there's a Lib Dem leader of that council, Vicky Slade, and it's a, I think they're called the Unity Alliance, and somebody will correct me if it's something else. The numbers are very, very finely balanced, mm. and a councillor sadly died of COVID. And so the numbers mean that the Unity Alliance doesn't have a majority at the moment. So the Tories, who are the main opposition and still evidently grumpy that they're not in administration in this council, have called a vote of no confidence for the next full council meeting, which is just astonishing in terms of reading the mood of the room. It really is quite outrageous that that is what they've chosen to do with their time at the moment. Well, I assume the Liberal, the, the Unity Alliance, I think it is that. I think there are seven different lots of people in that who just abstain on it and not dignify it with the vote. I don't know what the plan is, but I uh, I just find it outrageous yeah, and, and I find it quite shameful that the Tories think that that's the appropriate thing it's to disgusting. do. Outside. It's misreading the public's viewpoint on politics and politicians. So um, I, I realise that we, I've, uh, we've done a double episode today, so I don't want to keep you guys on too long on your weekend. But do we think the Paddy Ashdown kind of Blair non-aggression way forward from elections is something we'd like, look, we're going to stand candidates. 
but actually we know what the common enemy is, and in this case it would be, I assume, in four years' time to get rid of Boris Johnson. Is that the right way forward for, the, for, the, for whoever becomes the Lib Dem leader in the party? So for me, that's a very different prospect than not standing candidates in place. Yeah. And I think there's a, so I can't remember who it was. It was Owen, I think, that used the word progressive, which makes me come out in a rash. Just, it's not a word that sits comfortably with me. And that's mostly because lots of people use it in different ways. Some people use it to just mean not Tory, and other people use it to mean what they want it to mean. And I, yeah. Um, so for me, just having sensible targeting and thinking about where we can target our efforts, and if there are sensible people in other parties thinking about where they can target their efforts, then that is a sensible approach. And if there were a shared enemy for all sorts of reasons, then communicating what those targets were, which is not difficult to work out, mm. is, is not a terrible plan. But it's so that we can implement liberal democracy and, you know, it's part of that change the system and all the rest of it. But these are steps on the way of making our country more liberal and a, being able to put into practice our values, which is why we do what we do. And Laura, how do you feel about that? Because you, like, you're going to be in an all-out tussle with Labour in four years' time. So, I, and, and what the, the Ashdown kind of pat was, was, you know, in those sorts of seats, it's game on as normal. Likewise, you and Richard in Liverpool, it would be no difference. But, I mean, we've talked a little bit about the air war in the general election review. How would you feel about fighting a localised campaign where basically there isn't any sort of air war uh, argy-bargy between the Lib Dems and Labour? I mean, I think that would be like for me I think that's the right approach actually you know we um you know I, th I think but actually it has to be you know if we're going to have a non-aggression pact they have to actually mean it you know it, it can't just be that they don't target Lisa in Hazel Grove and um you know that they're not actually campaigning to try and stop us win seats it also has to mean that they stop the abuse and actually that they stop um, screaming at our candidates online or in person all the time. And, you know, actually non-aggression has to mean non-aggression. And um, for me, those two, those two need to go together. Yeah. Uh, any, any further points? I think we've kind of covered that, but it, it's something that's going to continue as, as Starmer, develops into whatever leader and whatever leader we get as well will be very interesting to see i mean all our leadership candidates at the moment are tory facing uh so it'd be interesting to see how... either tory or SNP facing John, right? yeah, that's right correct all of our seats are either tory or smp yeah. facing yeah that's right so it how we i suppose our point of view is that we've got to remind people that there are seats that are labor facing there are you know, Labour isn't some cuddly, you know, adjunct of the Lib Dems. And actually, we are individual. And there's a reason why we're all Lib Dems and why we're a member. You know, if we were just interested in money and power, we probably wouldn't be Lib Dems in the North. But, you know, so actually, there's a we believe in what we believe in and we want to fight because we think it will become a better Britain. But uh, to all our listeners and viewers, we're really interested to hear your views on this without descending into 
madness. That would be that would be lovely because which some Lib Dems do when they talk about anything to do with working with other parties. Um, but we'd really do appreciate you listening. That being said, and viewing. So if you do have any comments, do let us know. Make sure you do follow Lisa, Richard, Owen, and Laura on Twitter, uh, and do follow everything to do with the Lib Dem Pod as well. Do subscribe. Do click that bell icon so you can make sure you get the latest episodes or hear about the latest uh, episodes that go on to YouTube or Facebook. We really appreciate you listening. Do look after yourself. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back again with another episode very soon.